0: Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, we'll spell pastor's voice just another moment here, Acts chapter 5 verse 1, Acts 5 and verse 1. There, say amen? Amen. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whiles it remained? Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound, up, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. You can be seated.
1: The church was birthed in the book of Acts. Chapters two, three, and four. It's a blown apart to seams. God's adding to it. It is moving like wildfire. His church is, is has never perhaps in a greater day. We find in verse 32 of chapter four through thirty-seven, what a given church it was. Let me start and just say this. I praise God for a given church. And today, and today you and I Decide we're not given, we'll die. We find that they're given church. But then chapter five. I was reading this the other day, I probably read this a thousand times. But one word. All of a sudden, right in the middle of all this great growth, and how God added to the church, how it began to move and began to work, right in the middle of it, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a position. With the help of God, I want to preach on an unusual subject. You can't fool God, so don't even try. You can't fool God, so don't even try. In the midst of all of this, sudden, unexplained, mysterious... Death right in the middle of the service. Perhaps it went something like this. Sunday morning, it's a beautiful, bright day throughout all Jerusalem. Merchants are ready for the day. People are feeding their children. But on the Lord's day, a certain group went to, the high, went to a special place, the church. Now, it wasn't a meeting place like this because they did not have buildings. So they borrowed rooms to have church. And all how they would go happy and joyful and expecting God to bless they came prepared to sing. They come prepared to pray, and they come prepared to rejoice, and they come prepared to give. It seemed like that old, that early old church specialized in giving. As a matter of fact, verse thirty-two tells us that nobody had a need. Everybody had everything coming. And it was any lack. And they had land and they would sell it. and They brought clothes and food and tools and, and they would lay it at the apostles' feet. The Holy Church loved to give. And among them was a man by the name of Ananias and a wife named Sapphira. I see him as they came in. Good morning, Pastor Peter. How are you doing? Good. All right. Whoever has an offering, would you just bring it on up front? Ananias stands up and shuffles to the front, makes his way to the front. Perhaps he was the first one. Pastor Peter, we had a piece of property, beautiful pasture land. I sold it last week for $300. And he took his leather coin bag, turned it up, and with the clank of the steel and the metal on a hardwood table, the money poured out. He turns and goes back to his seat, satisfied with his gift. And then Peter said, Ananias, Ananias, wait just a minute. Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the plots of the land? How do you know? Who told him? No one knew that. I know Sapphira didn't tell him. How does he know? Who told it? And he turns and he faces. And it was true. And I had sold the land. He had sold it for five hundred dollars and not three. Him and Miss Sapphira had talked it over. And they decided that it was God's will for them to keep back part of that. After all, they had bills to pay. After all, this circumstance, after all, we didn't know the meal was going to break its leg and we'd have to buy one. After all, And the silence was only broken by Peter speaking again. Whilst it remain, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast conceived this thing in thine heart to miss that? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. How'd you do it, us? Why did you lie to us? why did you act like you had given everything when in fact you'd just given part? You didn't have to lie. You didn't have to give anything. As a matter of fact, it's your money. You could have done anything. You had to give anything. What made you do it, us? and I should understand something and I should not fool God and neither can you and I you've not lied to men you've lied to God here and I but in just a few moments he's going to be gone he'll be dead I see him as he raises his arm to speak, and yet before he can, with a moan, he hits the floor. never happened before. First sin of the church. The first sin of the New Testament church. Never happened before. They'd never seen this. No one said a word. Silence! As a crumpled body lay in the front of the offering pot. So he's dead. My God, he's dead! He's dead! One of the men... Bend over and touch him. Finally, he said, he's dead. And I said, got up that morning happy and content. He has a wife. He has home. He has money to spend. He put his clothes on. He got his money and off to church he went. He shook hands with the greeters. He took the normal seat halfway back from the front. For the offering. He came forward with what him and the missions had agreed on, but not what they had told God they would do. Not knowing. Had less than a minute to live. Stopped by the hand of God. Peter motions Hey, 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 fellas. Hey, hey, you in the back. Come, come. Man, get him! Come, come quickly, quickly! Come get him! So they come with a like a rug, and they roll him up in it, and limp dead body. They carry out back of the church, and behind the church, there they stumble to a plot of land. Designated, find a shovel, dig a shallow grave, and heave the body into it. Cover it with a mound of dirt. But the story's not over. Still bright, beautiful day. But it's about three hours later. I mean, the shock was so great. How did it spread very far? But nobody dared leave the building. And about that time, Sapphira, her name means beautiful, and evidently she was. They stare at her. Why ain't her eyes red from the tears? She acting right. Why is she crying and wailing and grieving? And then it does She don't know! She don't know what has happened. She has no idea. She smiles. She laughs. She greets with everything. Suddenly, all of a sudden, she greets Pastor Peter. Hey, Pastor Peter! And before she can sit down, he says, Sapphira, did you sell that land? For three hundred dollars, and for a moment of time, she gasped as she wondered, "There's no way he could know. There's no way he can know. There's no way. Surely, Ananias didn't tell him, and embarrass us. Surely, surely, he didn't do that." And she says. Yes, pastor, that's exactly what we sold it for. And then Peter said to her, How is it that you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of God, of the Lord? Behold the feet of them that brought thy husband at the door, and shall carry thee out. Pandemonium breaks out. Women are screaming. Children are crying. Two people are dead in one day. No ceremonies, no prayers, no Bible reading. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as I heard these things. Let me stop right here and say this. Let me tell you what the most damning, the most damning and destructive thing that's happened today in our society. We have no fear of God. We don't fear Him at all. Right. We will boldly shake our fist in His face and cast Him and dart Him in no fear of God. Now, I don't know about you, that scares me to death and dawn bright and clear and hopeful it's not even dark and there's graves in a churchyard and that scares you this story out too here's the question why did they die what did they do that was so terrible and bad that God would judge so severely and quickly and immediately. Next question. Does God do that now? Well, Let me tell you some things that they didn't die for. Number one, they didn't die simply because they lied. Now, they did lie. Don't, don't miss this. But if God judged lying, then the come a million overnight. I don't know how many of us could survive the week. Now, but that by itself would not why God judged them. Now, but they did not lie. No question. Outright, it ain't a little white lie. Can I tell you, your little white lie is black as hell. Amen? line's line number two they didn't die because of a money issue let me stop here and help you this They they didn't die because the money was the issue if I could get everyone in this congregation to get a hold of one of the greatest truths you'll ever get and that is this God don't need a thing in the world you've got. He never needs a thing in the world you've got. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you for nothing. He said, I have cattle on a thousand hills, and I own the hills. I own the tailors in the hills. He said, bless God, and if I don't own it, I can make it. Amen? Amen. All he got to do is speak the word. Money runs our economy down here. Don't miss Money, money runs this world. But faith runs His world. Money doesn't operate God's world. Never has operated God's world. Never will operate God's world. Faith. Faith operates His world. Money operates this world. That's the reason why God said, I want you to bring a a, a tithe a tenth of all you increase into the storehouse. and Because God said it is such a dominant power in this world. The love of money is the root, the root, the root of all evil. And God said some people just run spears through their soul because of the love of money. Reason God does that, He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your tent. He doesn't need anything you got. His way said, It is so dominant in this world that if by faith you'll trust Him, you can tap into my world, and my world is greater than this world. Amen? Amen. And so God comes along, and all of a sudden, so it wasn't necessarily a money issue. Church wasn't going to go under because they kept back part of that money. Now they did do that. They did do that, and only church I said earlier was great about giving, and and no doubt some may have hurt because of that, but there's something much deeper here. And this is what I want to get to tonight. And it's going to be just really simple. Why did they die? Here's the reason I believe they died. They took something that Satan had put in their heart and attached the name of the Holy God to it you make five hundred dollars and your tire's fifty and you and your wife say, Well, we might have to buy a tire. Well, we might have to do this. And we're going to have to do that. So, we believe it's God's will to take half of God's money and use it to do that. And we'll give the other half. You have just taken something Satan puts in your heart and you have just put the name of God on it. Mark the Bible says the book of Mark one day Jesus performed a miracle and they said he did that in the name of Beelzebub chief demon they just took a holy miracle and put Satan's name to it and God said you just blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God and there'll be no forgiveness for you. That's what God told him. It is when we take that which God puts in our heart, to, which this Word tells us to do, which this Word commands us to do, and we begin to keep that part and yet present it as The Lord's will. When in fact, God ain't had a thousand miles to do with it. Man. I don't know about you, man. Man, that's been challenging me all week. That's been challenging me all week. You say, well, why in God's name would you bring a message like that tonight? I hear too many people say this i just tell you what's the truth, Pastor. I believe it's God's will that we do this and do this and do this and do this. And i am be honest with you. When you put it to the Word of God, He'll line up. And I'm saying you're thinking, relationship with God. And I'm not making light of those that mistreat us. I'm not making light of those that are ugly. I'm not making light of those that do things to our family and hurt I'm not making light of none of that. I'm just telling you what understanding genuine love is all about, and uh, it's it's not what we we tend to think about it. So, because first of all, it's a relationship, a personal relationship. And I'm going to be honest with you. You say, preacher, how do we do that? I'm going to tell you how you do that. You do that because there's a divine God called the Holy Spirit of God living inside you because it takes a divine love to be able to love that way. By nature, by nature, we don't come born with that. We don't come born with that. So by nature... The tendency is for us just to be the opposite. Is that not right? Right. By nature, is that not right? So God said to love God gives us, enables us to love when we really don't want to love. Love is number one, a personal relationship first with God. If you don't have a relationship with God, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't understand the first step of love. You know the world's love. You know this world's love that's, that's called phileo, brother and sister, family. You know the, the love called eros or erotica, sensual. You know that kind. But you don't understand agape love, a love that says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us on a cross. That's agape love. And so, first of all, personal relationship with a personal relationship with God. Number two, love is a productive relationship with God. Notice and know us and know us God. Probably one of the key words. How many of you know God? How, how many? Okay, good, good. So you, so, you know the God that stepped out on nothing and said, Let there be light, and there was light? You know that God? You know that God that flung stars from his fingertips? Do you know that God that knows all your yesterdays and knows your tomorrows in yesterday? Do you, you know that God? Do you, know, do you know that kind of God? Because love is not something that's from God. It is produced by God. And this kind of love is, first of all, it's an experienced knowledge. The word knoweth has the idea uh, that comes by experience. And so it's more than knowledge gained by, by a classroom or, or study. Uh, uh, let, let me just say this. If the only time you open your Bibles on Sunday morning at church, you, you don't know God. If all you know is what you from a Sunday school class or, or my preaching, you don't know God. You don't know what His book says. You don't know Him. And it is a knowledge that comes by experience. Job said it this way I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Hold it, stop out there, time out. That came after God dropped the hedge, and every possession Job had was taken. Now, you can disagree with this, and it's okay. I, I don't really get bothered with people disagreeing with me. They would be wrong if they want to. I don't mind. I believe everything happened to Job in a 24-hour period. you are talking about a bad day. God dropped the hedge, and Satan unleashed all God would allow him to. And in a moment's notice, everything he had was gone everything. It gets worse. And one day, he buried all of his children. All ten of them. Could you imagine getting the news that all your children were killed in a day? He gets worse. He from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, he had a disease and like boils and he would lay in an old, old garbage heap and, and pick up a piece of broken pottery and scratch himself to get relief. I don't know if this is just worse, but it's just what happened. And then perhaps the closest friend he had said, my God, why don't you curse God and die? Still holding your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? That happened to be the mother of his children, his wife. After all of that, and before, and before God ever said, okay, devil, enough. God puts up the hedge, doubles everything he has, and gives him ten more kids. And and you just read the book of Job for yourself. That first ten bunch must have been an ugly crowd because the next ten was beautiful youngins. The Bible talks about their beauty. First ten must have been kind of ugly. Amen. The second ten was beauty for the behold. They got all ten of them back again. Before that ever happened, and after all this happened, here's what Job said He said, "He said, God, I've heard about you. I've heard about you, but now mine eye see it. I know you now in a way I've never known you. Boy, I appreciate the testimony Gina gave. Well, wasn't that great? I guarantee you she knows some things about God now she didn't know before her sickness. Guarantee. There's some of you, I face some things. And sometimes we, we, we cringe with the things that God sends in our lives. What we fail to understand is sometimes that is the motive, that's the vehicle that God gives us to know Him like we've never known Him before. So it's an experienced knowledge. Not only that, it's evolving knowledge. Can I say this? You'll never stop knowing about Him. And tonight, if this don't interest you and you can't learn and you're not growing and nothing gets you excited about God and you don't know it all, I mean, just, just, just go ahead and give me the pen. Give me the Jesus pen. I know it all. I'm telling you, you're done with God. Or we ought to be like an old dry sponge. Soak up everything God has for us. Every service because I'm going to tell you something. None of us have arrived. You know how long you're going to keep evolving in this knowledge until Jesus says, hey, it's your time. Or he comes up in the rapture. That's kind of way I'm leaning. Come up hither. Amen. Yet God says in 2 Timothy 3, 7, he makes a statement, this is so sad ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Truth be told, most of us love according to how we're treated or what's given to us. I love this letter. Dear love, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. Please, please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you, I love you, i love yours forever. P.S. Congratulations on winning the state lottery. It's about the way ours is. Our love usually has external reasons. But the love of God... It's so much more than that. It's love without limits or conditions. He loves regardless. He loves you when you're bad. He loves you when you're good. And one of the greatest examples of this is in Mark 10 21. A rich young ruler comes to Jesus. What must I do to have the eternal life? And Jesus said, Keep, the, keep all them, Jesus. And. Now the Lord knew what he was going to do. The Lord knew he would choose his money and his wealth over him. He knew this. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. He knows in a few minutes he's going to turn and walk away. He knows in a few minutes he's going to choose His money, his wealth. He he knows he's going to pull a Demas on him, having forsaken me, loving this present evil world. He knows, he knows in a few minutes he's going to do that which God has told him he didn't want him to do and disobey God. He knows that. And yet Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou likest. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross, and follow me. Let me just stop right here and just say this: this perception. Well, if we have godly love, we gotta love everybody. Where did you get that? where did you get that? I think we need to have a godly love for the person. But there's no... God, Jesus Himself, is not going to condone His sin. Nor is He going to look to... He's not going to compromise His holiness because He loves Him. And this is kind of love that says, you can do anything you want to, and, and, and that they're, no, they don't go together. Don't happen. And the Lord, and I love this, and the Lord this is man, I love him. I'm going to go run him down and say, it's okay. Love your money and give me sick. No. Jesus let him walk away knowing what he would do. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus loved him. You can't take that away from him. Sometimes, because we have to, have to, it's If you love our kids, if we love our kids, sometimes you got to tell them no. Not that you don't love them, because you do love them. Young man to his father, Dad, I, I'm going to get married. How, how do you know you're ready to get married, asked the father. Are you in love? I sure am, said the son. How do you know you're in love, asked the Father. Son answered, last night as I was kissing my girlfriend goodnight, her dog bit me, and I didn't feel the pain until I got home. <laughs> love, divine kind of love is more than a feeling. The most damning, you hear me now, the most destructive thing you can do is build your Christianity on a feeling. Are you hearing me? Build it on truth. And let the feelings come and go. Let the feelings come and go. And they will come and go. That's where loving your enemies, you may not feel like loving your enemies, but you love your enemies anyway. But it's not about a feeling. Feelings of emotion, glad God give them to us. But I'm telling you, they are not an accurate gauge of determining Christianity. If they do, you'll be up and down. One middle, whoo! Next measure, you'll be up and down like a roller coaster. It'll be awful. And some those Christianity is out of way. But it's built on truth. So when I feel good on a Wednesday night, hallelujah, I, I can rejoice because I'm going to heaven. When I feel bad, I can still rejoice. I'm still going to the same heaven. Got the same God, still the same salvation, because of the truth of the word of God. So love is a personal relationship first with God. It is a productive relationship with God. Third and last of all. It's a proven Relationship with God. notice, First John, love becomes one of those tests that he gives in First John. Number one, he said, "The presence of love shows, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and not God.